Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, and everybody else who is uh, too bored on a Saturday to have anything better to do. We are Eat Sleep Podcast. Repeat, I am Sean Hood, and that is Dave Taylor. How's it going, everybody? And we are here to... The camera angle gets me every time, (laughs) because... We are are here to discuss all things... There's a bucket here. We are here to discuss all things pro wrestling. I got it uh, with you here on uh, Eat Sleep Podcast. Repeat FM 99 and the Fox's first and only wrestling podcast. Uh, keep that in mind. Ever since 2017, the number one wrestling podcast on FM 99.com and 1069thefox.com. It's also the only one. But you can go to both of those websites and click the media tab, ESPR, and it links to my to a right to our most recent episodes. You can do that easily. Or you can find us on all of your major podcasting apps. Just search for ESPR Wrestling. And then uh, anywhere you find podcasts, you can find us. Just give us a five-star rating and a review when you subscribe. We would greatly appreciate it. Helps us get in front of more eyes. And uh, it really just takes you a minute to say, hey, these guys are awesome. We know you're thinking it anyway, so why not say it? In any event. <laughs> you guys you are wanna, awesome for listening. We, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Watching live with us, listening on the uh, the podcast app, wherever you guys interact with us, we greatly appreciate it, y'all. Your, your support means an absolute lot. We love interacting with you guys. And speaking of which, uh, social media, facebook.com slash ESPR99 on the Twitter at ESPR99 as well. And you can email us ESPR at FM99.com if you would like to uh, follow along with us or email us and tell us what you're thinking about any particular things at all, ever. Yeah, we'll dig into the email bag later on. We get... Oh, no. Dave froze. I'm not sure which one of us is actually still live at moments like this, which is a problem. We got some fun um, ones, so I, I, I appreciate that. There we go. Okay. Right. Uh, yep, it, it froze for a moment, and, <laughs> and it's back, so here we go. Uh, yeah, so as Dave was saying, we got some uh, emails we're going to dive into a little bit later. But uh, first, we'll get things uh, started, I guess, right away. If you're joining in with us, remember to uh, feel free to drop some comments so we can interact with you, talk to you guys. We like doing that. And uh, Dave, without further ado, why don't you take it away, man? All right. You want, what, you want to do the draft? Why not? Let's do the WWE draft, which uh, much better than last year, how they handled it. Just want to mention that because uh, although I do miss the dancing robots. Do you? Uh, I don't uh, know that how, I. How, I I'm, I'm saying it sarcastic. Although Benjamin thought the draft was horrible. I'm kind of <laughs> with Benjamin on this one. Uh, really? I was really excited for the draft, and then a lot of those choices were dumb. I didn't like Stephanie McMahon making choices for everybody. Uh, because it, the whole point of this is to make me, it, give me the impression that it's two separate brands that are vying for the best show. Yeah, and how somebody else can come out and do, be like, for Raw, I say this, for SmackDown, it's this. Yeah, I, but it, it just kills me because you have all these people on there that could be making picks. You, but why Stephanie McMahon? Why not have somebody like, I don't know, Adam Pierce pick to represent Raw? Uh, have somebody, uh, somebody pick any other backstage person, introduce somebody to, to do SmackDown, to do, you know, whatever. Uh, I just, you've got, you've got, I don't know. It, it just seemed annoying because you've got one person announcing the pick for both shows. So it automatically didn't feel like two brands. It felt like one show all over again. And we all know in the back of our minds that this this draft isn't going to stick anyway. Every other week, they're going to be back and forth on each other's shows. So it didn't really matter. But I, you got to at least create the illusion. That's what I want. It's like when I'm watching a wrestling match. You're supposed to make me forget that it's not real. So at least make the effort, please. 
but it was better than like the draft room that they had last year. I thought that was that it, was a little disturbing. That was very anticlimactic last year. See, now I, I I'm gonna disagree a little bit because I think the draft room at least created that impression. They could have done it better, but it was at least in that vein. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, they're never going to be as good as when like the very first draft with like Vince and and Ric Flair, and they were announcing names, and you saw the reactions from the guys in the back when they got those those announcements that I, was I, I did like that man, man, they probably couldn't do that this year due to you know for reasons. oh without a doubt without a doubt i mean could you not have you know everybody in in one room and whatnot maybe but why not we on the friday night smackdown we just watched on friday they had everybody on stage so why couldn't we have everybody okay, together? okay okay good good point there but maybe because they're more open it wasn't in a, a room i don't i don't know there, there's reasoning we couldn't have them in an open area Put them in the parking lot. I don't know. You know. I, something you could have done anything. I mean, like they have the whole performance center and stuff to use, and they like they've got all this space and whatnot. Plus, why not just do individual things where they're I don't know, like they're they're at their own camera phone or whatever. You know what I mean? Or something like that, and you get to see their reactions like that, like they're watching like the rest of the the universe is on the Thunderdome. Well, you did get like some like reactions, but I know I think in some previous drafts, I think some of the superstars were surprised. I think it was like was it Carmella or somebody got drafted? Yeah. Like no, we're going to get drafted. You know, here's just like, you know, oh, I, I, without a doubt, uh, I I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the the notion that these guys didn't know that some of this stuff was going to happen. Um, I, I will say one of the bigger surprises of the draft was Big E splitting from the New Day. Yeah, uh, that was a shocker because we thought that all the tag teams could be separated. And well, um, here's this is where I'm going to get to why I thought this draft was bad because if you saw who was eligible to be drafted, it said the new day, which yeah. means that Raw went out of their way to say we only want Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, we don't want the whole unit. So, a that either makes them look like idiots for not taking advantage of the fact that they can have all three got superstars on their brand, or b it makes Big E look terrible because Raw didn't even want him. You know, because you could have him on the same brand and still give him the push that he's about to receive. Absolutely. You could. I don't. Here's my thing. I don't have a problem with them being separated. But my point being, like, don't make factions able to be drafted together. You know what I mean? Why don't you throw that out the window? Tag team champions? That I understand. You could have said uh, Raw selects Kofi and Xavier. They're the champions, so they both go together. You know what I mean? And that leaves Big E out in the cold. It doesn't have to be, we just actively didn't choose Big E. I, I, but I, I thought that part was well done. I mean, other than, okay, questioning the fact that, you know, he's not there. But I, I thought and they, I thought they did a good job on SmackDown Friday, you know, teaming up one last time, even though the New Day is technically still together, just without Big E. Um, but just to kind of the emotion, you know, because you can see these guys to become best oh, friends. without a doubt. I mean, they I, and none of this is on the performers. It's on the people who wrote this stupid thing. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of stuff like that. Um, you had uh, like, for instance, you have guys that are no that are. I mean, I'm sorry, are not wrestlers anymore, or like at best part time wrestlers, like Titus O'Neil, getting <laughs> drafted ahead of people like Alistair Black. Yeah, yeah, Benjamin what? says that. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I thought that was weird because because like the last round was like an offense to those in the last round, but you know based on booking they just never seemed that important. And then Alistair is like, oh wait, he didn't even get picked yet, and then he gets picked. Which yeah, no, one hundred percent. So hey, how about this? Uh, you, you gave me a hard time last week when I said, oh, Raw is going to get um, 
The peas. You said you, said you wanted them to. You said you wanted them to, and I said it was dumb. Now the fact that they did that doesn't mean it's not dumb. Because the fact that all of them went together is ridiculous. It makes no sense. Okay, that happened. And then you get uh, Seth, Buddy, Ray, Dominic on SmackDown, and, and Kevin and Alistair. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, it, which it, it just kills me because it's like, so we've just decided, like, this is an easy way to reset these things and get these people away from each other to start new stories. But no, we're going to put them on the same brands and just magically pretend that their storylines are over just because they're on a new show now. But like, again, from a continuity standpoint, this is stupid. Now, Murphy, I guess, is a is a uh, face, um, I guess. Um, I guess. So. I don't know. I, I mean, you know, and, and it's weird, though, because, like, the the Alistair uh, and the Kevin Owens thing hasn't played out as much as, like, the, the you know, the, the Mysterio uh, feud with, uh, with Seth Rollins. Right. You know, like, they can have gone separate ways. Which, by the way, we, we did get a, an email uh, about the uh, draft here, and uh, it was uh, Julian... Uh, what new matchups are you looking forward to now that the draft is over? Uh, Alistair Black and anybody on SmackDown, except for Kevin Owens, since he's now on SmackDown. Um, because that makes no sense whatsoever. Um, I'm trying to think of who. Uh, but, I, but I don't know, because I mean, he, he's a heel. I mean, okay, so I mean, look, looking at SmackDown, as you mentioned, you, you got Reigns as your top guy, you got Sami Zayn, uh, Rollins, Daniel Bryan's back. Yeah. You know, obviously Kevin Owens, Jay Usos, and, and Big E are going to get big pushes. But what's and, funny is we, we're talking about these new guys you're going to put on the brand. And it's like, okay, well, we're talking about Big E, right? If I'm excited about Alistair being on SmackDown, he's already kind of screwed because it's filled with top-level heels. Yeah. Like, there's a bunch of top-level heels over there right now. And where is he going to fit into that? He's not. He's going to be fodder for guys like Big E and them who need to move up the card. So that's not exciting. And on top of that, I, some of these picks, and then there was other picks that made me mad. Like, uh, like Mandy Rose. Okay. So they selected Mandy Rose in the third round of draft picks or whatever it was. Um, was it the, no, the first, was that the first round? It was the first round. She, she well, was pretty early. Yeah. First, first night, third round. Cause it, we had to make this as confusing as possible. Um, first night or first night, third round, she gets drafted. Why? She had literally just been sent to raw a matter of weeks ago as a quote unquote trade that we never saw payoff for on SmackDown. So we never saw anybody go to raw or SmackDown as a result of that trade. And now raw had to waste a high level draft pick to pick her. That was just dumb. It didn't, it, 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 this is my problem. It makes no sense. And I feel like with them having so many people drafted, this was bound to happen in some spots. I just didn't expect it to happen so much. I want them to go back to how it was in the early draft. You have a representative from one brand and a representative from the other. Uh, let them make the picks. They get to pick 10 each and make it seem like they're countering each other's picks. That's what I want. Make it seem like they are countering each other's picks. And that way, when we get through 10 on each side, we're done. After that, it's that randomized supplemental lottery draft that we don't actually see on television. You check their website, you check their Facebook, whatever, their TikTok, their YouTube, I don't know, direct it wherever you want. But then the other guys can fall out that way. But just make it centered on these 10 people on both brands that you're going to focus on because outside of that, you're dragging it across multiple nights and we're getting picks like Titus O'Neil and Mandy Rose and Humberto Carrillo. And I mean, Tucker, who I like, but is, let's be real. Nothing's going to happen with him. Akira no. Tozawa gets drafted. Why? Because he's done. Yeah. with the, can, we still, can we still talk about how I, I, 
I don't, I don't, I don't want to use the particular word, but I'm trying to think of what the word, the right word is for this, uh, for Vince McMahon and his 74 year old mind in that he sees a Japanese guy and he thinks ninja, like, I like stereotype, stereotype, stereotyping, uh, whatever it is. It's, it's, it's just, 2020, but it's wrestling. Achiro Tozawa is incredibly talented. There is yeah. no, he, the guy can talk, believe it or not, relatively well, despite not speaking English. Great. He's got, a, he's an incredible wrestler. It's, this dude could get over on effort alone, but no, we're going to make him a ninja because he's Japanese. What? I just, ugh. Ugh. And I like, that's not even really what I'm mad about here. I'm just mad about the draft in general because I was so disappointed with the majority of it. I was, yeah, I was so, yeah. I was just I, so bummed with the majority of it. Uh, but they, they, when they split up, um, you know, like not just a new day, uh, but the, also um, Otis and Tucker, like you said, like Tucker, he's done. You know, nice guy, but uh, they end up, you know, he's, he's just going to well, be a job for the stars. What sucks for Tucker is the guy, the guy's good. He moves well for a guy his size. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's an, he's an likable dude. He's an enjoyable, he's a, he's a, he's a, a charismatic dude, but he, I don't see them having a thing for this guy. He just, no. I, what are they going to do with him? And Otis, I'm sorry. Otis works the best when, as part of that team. Because he's really good off the hot tag and stuff like that, or, or you know, coming in trying to clean house and whatnot. I, I'm not saying he can't do any single stuff, but it's too early for him to be on a singles run on his own. He, the, this, I, I don't see this going anywhere good. I see Otis floundering here and ending up being a, a wasted, another wasted money in the money in the bank guy, and we end up a year or two down the line getting a very haphazardly done all of a sudden panic mode, uh, heavy machinery reunion, which really won't mean much because they never did anything in the first place. No, no, you, you like the guys. You liked them together. But it was, it was like when they split the Dudley boys all those years ago and you had Deacon Batista. Like, well, but at least the Dudley boys, when we finally got ben, them back together, they had such a, a, a even if we even if we looked at just their WWE career, not their career before WWE, even if we looked at just their WWE career, what they had done to that point as the Dudley boys was enough for people to be like, yes, they're back. You know what I mean? When they got back together, Otis and Tucker did nothing together. They really accomplished nothing as a tag team on the main roster, which is true of so many people from NXT. But it's just a shame because then when you all of a sudden hit the panic button and put them back together because you don't have anything for them, uh, it's going to mean nothing and nobody's going to care and it's going to reflect badly on them. Right. Other tag teams, they really split up. The Lucha House Party moving to Raw without Kalisto staying at SmackDown. So that feud's just never going to happen. Yeah, so we uh, never get the resolution there. Never get the payoff. Uh, what about the uh, tag team title swap? I'm, you know, I'm fine with it in the sense that they're going to be on the opposite brands. They had to swap belts because otherwise it would have been weird to be on SmackDown calling it the Raw Tag Team Championship. And, like, yeah. I, I, you know, it, it just makes sense in that regard. Um, but the fact that you can swap champions is silly to me. And this is why, because if you swap one set of tag team champions, then you've either A, booked yourself into a corner where you have to draft the other ones to the other show, as predictable as that is, or they have to drop the belt in their next title match so that it goes back to the other show. Which, and, yeah, you almost mentioned like uh, Braun Strowman getting a title shot on SmackDown. Like, okay, he's not going to win. because No, because you know, he's, he's going to Raw. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's like, that's not happening. I, the sheer fact they can do that is ridiculous. It's almost like... It's almost like there needs to be an unwritten rule where if the the tag team the champion gets drafted the other one has to be moved regardless just to make up for it. But like in my opinion, this is why I don't have like having multiple I don't like having multiple championships. I don't like having more than one world championship. I don't like having more than one tag team championship. I don't it just bothers me because when you do that, it 
automatically create situations like this. And then also, how are you supposed to call yourself like the world something champion when there's another one that just works on another night of the week from you? I've are never you liked that. Universal, you know, there's I, a different universal. I, I, uh, but it's but it's not. It's not different. It's it's you're supposed to be the if you want to have those fine, but there needs to be one belt that's above all the rest of the belts. <sighs> I, I, I kind of wish in the um, in the era of like tag teams that there was just one tag team champion and that tag team got to go brand to brand. And it works for the ladies. Yes. You know, you know where they can go on NXT or they can go on Raw or they can go on SmackDown. I, I, I like that. It creates different matchups, not the same five teams because on Raw, it's New Day, Hurt Business, Miz and John Morrison, Retribution, and Lucha House Party. Um, Chris Boyd asked an interesting question. He says, is WWE oversaturated with talent? And I think it's a multi-part answer. Um, in the sense that we have like three different brands they have to stock, no, I don't believe they're oversaturated with talent. In the but in the sense that we're not really seeing a lot of the variety we'd like to see, yes, they are. Um, if this if you had the same people working across Raw and SmackDown, they obviously have far too many people for that. But the fact that we've got, I mean, you look at the draft, right, and the people that got drafted back and forth because we did so many draft picks. And we're scraping the barrel. Uh, Titus O'Neil. We've got to put Titus O'Neil in the draft because we needed a name people rec- You know, we needed something people recognized as a draft pick. What? And that's another thing because they had so many people as stables being drafted. You know, four guys automatically got drafted when you did the Hurt Business. So what you're telling yeah. me is that I could start a stable like the NWO and add 34 guys to it and we could all <laughs> be drafted to one show. That's what you're telling me. Well, it would be the Wolf Pack and then um, whatever the other. Well, the Wolf Pack would be like the eight guys over here. The original NWO would be the 34 guys over here. And then later, what we're going to do is put them all together. And then somehow, magically, that math equals out to 97 of us. And then we'll all be the NWO New Blood Millionaire Club. I don't know what the hell it was. But only appear in the main event. Right. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I just, in short, I think the draft was a bust. I think it was a big old bust. And if they don't have a better plan for this, they need to just stop doing it. Man, I wish I could disagree with you in some ways. Um, it, it's frustrating. It's just, it's just pointless because all it is, is, is a ratings grab and they're just shuffling people around and they're moving the same people who are feuding over to the other brand. With that, you know, honestly, something I'd like to see them try one year that they'll never do, but I'd like to see them try is why don't you let fans get in on the drafting? Like, let voting happen for who should be the number one pick for Monday Night Raw. You know what I mean? Let that happen. And yes, there could be some kind of huge TikTok movement that makes, I I don't know, R-Truth the number one draft pick for Raw. Absolutely. That could 100% happen. But is everything on the show going to be a joke? No. It'll all probably be limited to one or two picks. And the point being that even if that happens, you can make a story out of that. You know, that's actually a pretty good idea. Okay, like Major League Baseball, you know, they, they do their all-star selections. And right. uh, so the rosters are done. And then they have a list of like like five guys. That's like, mm-hmm. okay, who should be on the American League team? You know, here's five guys who should be on the National League team. Yeah. They, they, they can do that. And you create excitement of whatever guys are left over. And maybe you put a guy in there that's like, well, that guy should have been drafted. Why, why isn't Alistair Black and Raw or SmackDown? I'm going to vote for him. Or, you know what, I really like Daba Kato. Uh, even though uh, you know Roman Reigns uh, beat him easily, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for that guy. Yeah, um, you know I, I I think that's a great idea. I think it would add some some difference to the draft. I think it would make it a little more exciting, a little less predictable. And again, I think there's stories you can tell out of that. Regardless, you know, it's like the Taboo Tuesday results, which they maintain were real results. Um, and Cyber Monday, whatever you know, Sunday, whatever they wanted to call them. Um, 
and they maintained were real results. And so they had they had to lay out different scenarios in the event that each person won. Similar idea. Like, I mean, you're going to have to know that there's going to have to be different. You're not going to you don't have to book it that night. You know what I mean? No. They come out, wave to the crowd like, all right, I'm Monday Night Raw. And then we see them next week on Monday Night Raw after you figured out what you're going to do. Let's not pretend you guys are booking months in advance anyway. We know that this stuff is getting rewritten until an hour before the thing goes on the air. Um Paul Lewis says all champions should have been exempt. More competition for the champions would have been drafted. That's another way I feel. I, I also think that's not a bad idea. You leave the champions where they are, and that way you rearrange the guys around them, guaranteeing new contenders. I, I, I thought it was weird when they started the draft, like Raw selects Drew McIntyre. Yeah. And, you know, like, SmackDown selects Roman Reigns. Like, oh, I mean, would they already be on the show? I mean, it just didn't make any sense. That's kind of how I feel. It's almost like they're, they, to me, they should be, it's almost like if you're a champion, you should be franchise tagged. You know what I mean? Like you just yeah. you're there. Nobody's gonna take you. You're there. Um, I think that's a great idea. At the very least, why not add something like that into the storylines here in the future about like, you know, somebody's trying to prove to themselves. Maybe not even the champion. I'd like it to be the champions, but I'm just saying, maybe you're trying to prove to them as the draft times coming next year. You're trying to prove I belong in Monday Night Raw. I deserve that 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 franchise tag. You know what I mean? Something along those lines. If they want so desperately to make this like a real draft, let's let's change it up some. I don't know. Just something needs to change because this was a a dud of a draft, man. All right. So you had uh, two wrestlers that were in the pool but not selected. One was Andrade. The other was Mickey James. I think Mickey's hurt. Yeah, Mickey's uh, hurt. But Andrade then, not being selected. Well, people like Titus O'Neil and Akira Tozawa and R Truth. And again, I'm not trying to be mean to those guys. They're all talented performers in their own right. But the upside is way higher on Andrade. But meanwhile, you've got guys like Riddick Moss and Titus O'Neil. And uh, who did we? Uh, who else did we use? Picks uh, Arturo on? Ruiz. Um, I say Arturo 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 Ruiz. Uh, he's actually he's an NXT guy who was on Underground for a little bit, but he's actually very good. I'm 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 glad he's involved. But again, nobody knows who he is, so the draft pick means nothing. Yeah. on the main event. So. Yeah, losing to yeah. Uh, Tucker. So. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but but now maybe I don't know if he's going back to NXT. I, I don't know what. I mean, because obviously they 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 one shot at their feud with Angel and, and Andrade, so that's over. Uh, good luck to Angel. I hope he he gets a push on Raw that he deserves and he stays healthy. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, now I just brought up the fact that uh, Arturo appeared on uh, Raw Underground. Should we move to that next? Yeah. Let's do that real quick. Let's uh, probably the best news we were going to hear all week. Raw Underground is done. At least for now, it is done. Uh, they have they have done away with it. Which um, I did a dance when I got that news. I was so excited <laughs> because it was so stupid. Um, it it did nothing. We spent all those weeks building up Dabakato as this big badass. <laughs> then you have Braun Strowman come on and beat him in two minutes, like decisively beat him. What what was the point of Raw Underground? <laughs> That that ended to me. That that was the end of Raw Underground. Other than the first night where like the Hurt Business came and beat up everybody, and I was like, "Well, I thought this was going to be like a tough guy's room." Not the Hurt Business is tough. I just didn't think they belonged in All there. Right. It's, it's on record. It's on record. Dave Taylor has just said that Bobby Lashley, Shelton Benjamin, <laughs> Cedric Alexander, and Mon Montel Vontavious Porter are not tough. So if anybody, <laughs> make sure you go online, tweet at them that at Dave Taylor Radio said that. Okay. What I mean is, by the storyline sense is. Like, no, these guys are tough. I just didn't think, like, they should be in there because it just devalued everybody that was in underground. I was fine with them beating up the people that didn't matter, just the random dudes around the ring. That's fine. Who cares? They're essentially jobbers. I'm cool with that. Not Don't beat up the featured guys. Don't beat up Dabakato, for example. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. Again, Raw Underground, to me, was was 
when it was announced and we kind of saw what it was, it was like, okay, maybe there's something you can do with this. And then it very quickly turned into, they clearly have no idea what to do with this. And it no. just became something I dreaded having to watch every week. And now well, I don't have to watch it anymore. Too, too much Dolph Ziggler in there. Um, and then like, sometimes like not follow because you had a Jasmine Duke and, uh, and the other girl. Was you mean Jessamine Duke? Jessamine Duke. Yes. And Marina Shafir. <laughs> yes. Like they're there for one week. I'm like, Oh cool. They're going to like build some like Shane the Baszler thing. And then like, they're never seen it. Now, yeah. I know in the last couple of weeks with COVID, we don't know who's been affected. And if that was a problem, why they didn't do it the last couple of weeks? It oh, for sure. Fun. It without a doubt was because they were concerned because there were some people in NXT that ended up testing positive. Uh, that are they a lot of the people in NXT share uh, uh, living spaces together, they found out. Uh, <laughs> Benjamin uh, would like to point out that that's Yabba Dabba Kato to you. Yeah. Uh, I hate you, Benjamin, for saying that because I'm going to think that every time he's on my TV now. Uh, we need sides now that to say that, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> Oh, somebody quick Photoshop his head onto Fred Flintstone. Yeah. <laughs> um, in any event, Raw Underground is gone. Ding Dong Underground is dead. We don't have to worry about it anymore. It can't hurt you. It's okay. Uh, yeah, it's gone. So let's move on. <laughs> Let's pay it all the let's pay it all the attention that WWE ever paid it, and let's move on. Yeah, uh, we're going to talk about the Wednesday, the AEW anniversary. Yeah. AEW yeah. anniversary, yes, the AEW anniversary show that uh, they were hyped up uh, as a as a big thing, and I got to be honest, it kind of didn't do much for me. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed. I, I, um, I, you know, I, I, I did kind of like a little bit of the Moxley uh, Archer match. I will say, yeah, the I did. Yeah, the, the DDT through the table, which I thought ended the match, uh, did not end the match, but uh, very brutal spots. But it is AEW, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, j- I'm, I'm at this point. I mean, I'm, I'm used to that with these matches. Uh, we, we've talked about that numerous times. The stuff, stuff that should end matches doesn't end matches. Um, I, I, I don't know. The show kind of came and it went and. It was okay. Like we had the tag team championship match between FTR and the best friends, and it was good. It wasn't great. Yeah, um, well, anyway, I, I didn't expect way, the title change I'm, there, but I thought we'd get one maybe on the show. Well, I thought we'd get a bigger. I thought we'd get a better match. Was my main issue, and why is there background sound on my computer? Um, sorry, all of a sudden I had a promo or something playing in my background. It was weird. Uh, so my main issue was that like the match was good. It wasn't great. I didn't expect a title change, but I expected more out of it. Um, FTR and I'm a big fan of FTR, but I got to tell you, they, they touted themselves while they were on, you know, stuck on the main roster on WWE as being this immensely talented team that was being held back by, by WWE. They get over to AEW and I have yet to see them have a great match. And I mean, they've wrestled some talented dudes. They've had really, they've had really good matches, but I, I'm, I'm expecting blockbuster after blockbuster with the way these guys hype themselves up. And I didn't think the match was that bad. I didn't say it was bad. I said it was good. You need li- listen, Dave. I didn't say it was bad. It was good. It wasn't great. It was good. It was fine. It was it was an enjoyable like ten minutes or whatever it was or fifteen minutes. I don't know. It was it was fine, but it just wasn't. I wasn't sitting on the edge of my seat like, oh my god, this is amazing. You know, I'm expecting. I want the FTR that we got when they were up against uh, DIY. You know what I mean in NXT and stuff like that. I want I want those level matches that are blowing my mind. And I'm not getting them from them over on AEW. Is it the quality of opponents? Maybe no offense to the best friends. They've been together a long time, pretty good team, solid. But have they had, you know, on their own end, a great match? What if they fight, um, uh, you know, the party team? I, I can't think of the or, party you know. team. Uh, what am I thinking? Uh, I'm, I'm going to wait for you to come up with the name. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> you know you know who they are, right? <laughs> you already said half the name. Everybody out there is screaming it at you right now, Dave. <laughs> Everybody out there is screaming it at you. Private party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Private party. Um, who, by the way, I think they already faced in like August. Oh, was that their first match when they came in? It might have been. I don't remember. I, I just remember I think they faced them once already. And that's the thing. We're kind of plowing through matches with them, and we're, we've only got a few teams left for them to really to face. It's tag team. Well, Lucha Brothers, uh, you got the Jurassic Express. But when was the last time the Lucha Brothers were featured in a championship feud? Other than the tournament, probably never. Yeah, I'm like, that's another thing. I think they're being wildly underused on uh, on the whole thing. Um, and they're heels, so they can't fight the Dark Order. I mean, they can. I but, mean, they you know. can, but I mean, uh, I think, and as far as, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that FTR already faced Jurassic Express. I think that happened in September. Yeah. So again, I they're plowing through teams over there right now, and nothing's making me jump up and say, "Wow," you know. So it's, I'm kind of like, oh man, this is a little disappointing. Like, and they've already faced the tag team champions, who were a, you know, a singles guys made as a team, but they were a, a good team together. But clearly, they're building towards the Bucks at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Which kills me because the Bucks have turned heel. So now we're just doing heel versus heel for no reason. I, this is one of the issues I have with AEW is that I can't seem to keep track of what these guys are going to be week to week, the characters on there. And some of them just kind of things just happen, you know, with and, and I'm like, I'm sure somebody thought this was a good idea. But did anybody say maybe not? Uh, I don't I don't really care so much about an FTR slowly turning heel haven't they kicked shivani in the face and like been touting about how they're better than everybody else and throwing money at people like i'm pretty sure they're heels now benjamin what about uh kip sabian and uh miro the the they're you know the best man or whatever a heel team yeah yeah um i mean they're fine i'm not expecting them to get tag team title shots anytime soon but they might i could be wrong uh they had a good they had a good match against uh sean maluda and lee johnson i think i think maluda we'd seen in um the cruiserweight classic previously uh so it was nice to see him um so that was good we got this email by the way oh did we yeah um let me let me get this in there um so why does Cody keep changing his hair color? Should he just go back to the mustache? No, avoid the mustache at all cost. <laughs> um, that was that was a special place in time. Leave it where it is. I uh, the why does he keep changing his hair color? I mean, he had dark hair forever. You know, well, I, and, is, is it part of like because he's a heel, he's a face? I mean, is this part of his? You know, well, he just he had dark. He, he had was dark, dark last week. But yeah, but he he was yeah, but he was he had dark hair forever, and then he was blonde for like two or three years or something like that, and then he's got dark hair again. I don't I don't know about keeps changing his hair color. It's not like he's doing it every other week or something. Um, I mean, clearly the dark hair this time was meant to represent him coming back, being ready to be you know the chance shift in in his aggressiveness and everything coming after Brody Lee, uh, which you know worked for me. Uh, but I do think we're starting to see a slow turn for Cody, where I think he's gonna I think he's gonna start slowly turning heel on us. Uh, the Orange Cassidy match was, uh, you know, I was surprised. Like the time limit draw is probably the best thing. You got to protect Orange. That was another thing. Like in that match, I kind of got the impression that Cody was kind of clinging to the belt, like to like he, he was really desperate to hold on to that title. And like I don't know, I just got a vibe, and there was like a feeling from Cody. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, this Cody's throwing off vibes, and I think it's in ring work and his character, and I think it's it's to speak to his credit. I think that are supposed to be showing these little tiny shifts in his character where he's slowly becoming more obsessed with being the guy in AEW and having this belt and being obsessed with that. 
Um, and I think we're going to start seeing that become more and more apparent over the next few months. But I, I agree with you. I think the time limit draw was the best thing because you needed to protect Cassidy after coming out of the winning end of that feud with Jericho. Um, but it was still very entertaining. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, that was probably one of the like the better matches of the night. I mean, Chris Wall and then uh, you know Kira uh, Shida, Shida um, having a uh, yeah. I, I don't think they connected. I don't know. I just didn't feel it in that match. So the women's Who, match. Shida right. and Big Swall. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Sheeta is so incredibly talented, but I feel like they have yet to really get her to connect with home with audiences. And I, a lot of this, I feel like, is also partially due to the fact they don't have, you know, like big crowds like they used to for a long time. They just recently started having people back in the building. But even then, it's hard to get a good read off of what the reactions are sometimes. And I, I feel like the problem is you got a lot of these characters that need to be really almost, how do I explain this? Not reintroduced, because I mean, we know who they are. But, like, you need to give us more in-depth stuff on them. NXT does this great on a fairly regular basis where they'll just do these packages to kind of remind you who somebody oh. is, what they're about, what they, you know. I think that's, yeah, it's great. that's very well. It's, it's a great way to keep them off of television where you don't see them wrestle. Because um, this this will worked out great when they had the old days of, you know, the old days of NXT. But you when you had, you know, a month worth of taping done, you know, so every week you saw different guys and then the guys who weren't wrestling – you saw in the package, you know, this is a little right. bit different. You got to produce a two hour show every week and it's the same guys or, you know, yeah. or, uh, it, it's tough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you got a Lance Archer interview that revolved around Moxley attacking him. You had a, a Matt Hardy interview that I hated um, mainly because it revealed that we're continuing the Sammy Guevara feud. Why that feud needs to go away already. I am so tired. That feud is going to make me boo Matt Hardy. I'm so over it at this point. I want that feud gone. Then the downside is I like Sammy Guevara too, but I don't think this feud's doing anything for him. No. You know, he, uh, I just, I don't, yeah. I just want them away from each other. Is it so much to ask? Has this run since he showed me W? I mean, he had the weird intro, you know, but has, has it been disappointing Hardy's run? there i mean it's just is it just because i mean i i i would say underwhelming is the right way to put it underwhelming i mean, I mean it's, it's hard to judge and maybe in fairness you know it gets a little difficult because with the pandemic going on you know you talk yeah. about the crowds and stuff and you know like we talked about the last i will give wwe credit by being in the noise brilliant i mean it's been something they've been doing for years you go watch old superstars saturday night main events you know you know the crowd doesn't match what the crowd's doing uh, but it worked. It just added to it. It was well done. It works now. Um, I think I, I hate to say AEW needs to maybe do that a little bit because when John Moxley is doing big moves and all the stuff, and he's supposed to be your guy, and it's crickets. Um, it makes a world of difference uh, as far as just the presentation, the feel of what's happening. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, I just want to throw this out there real quick that I think is one of the coolest things I've seen in a long time, and goes to show you just how over Daniel Bryan is. When he's on uh, SmackDown this past week, and the Thunderdome on their individual screens is going, yes, yes, yeah. yes. And you can see them all doing it. And he, I love Daniel Bryan, man. He is getting such a kick out of it. He's on stage laughing and excited about it. And like everybody else is just like stunned. And I'm like, man, this guy is still so over with everybody. Yeah. Um, uh, Ch uh, Charles has said that uh, Hardy's run is definitely underwhelming, but not sure what we'd expect at this point. The dude can hardly walk. 
he definitely has problems walking. He can still move and do the moves. I mean, we've, we've seen that. He's still capable of that. And I'm not expecting him to have five-star matches all the time or anything like that. But it's also possible to not be the most agile guy in the ring, to not be the most – and still tell good stories, still get crowds wrapped up in the palm of your hand and stuff. I mean, Hulk Hogan made a career out of this. Hulk Hogan made a career out of being really kind of awkwardly gated for how he moved and, uh, you know, not being the most technical guy in the world and still being able to tell a good story in the ring. Um, I think that's entirely possible. I mean, you look at a guy like, um, I don't know. It just, it, it, it seems like he, he either, I, I'm going to agree with you to agree. Maybe he's, he's banged up to the point where he needs to start calling it a career or he needs to start being more selective about what he's going to do and make these things matter. Because I do think seeing too much of Matt Hardy at this point is starting to wear on his, um, appeal. Well, it's almost like the uh, was it the role of like diminishing returns? Yeah, you know, oh, that's where, where, where guys come back like a number of times, and you're like, okay, you know, we 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 got the big pop. Okay, you know, now what? Uh, you know, there's certain guys that just come back, and it's like maybe less is more. Where he doesn't need the and he's not wrestling every week, right? But 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 he's still wrestling. Well, up until recently when he got hurt, he was yeah. wrestling fairly frequently, and he is on TV all the time. Uh, so I feel like you're right in the regards that less is probably more with him. And I mean, it's funny how guys like Matt Hardy, for some reason, get a pass. When we talk about these guys eating up spots on rosters when they're just WWE sendoffs, but guys like Matt Hardy get a pass. I don't understand why that is, but when, especially when we're sitting here having this conversation about like how he can barely walk and whatnot, and I'm not saying don't use the guy at all. And I'm, I, I, you know, I just think it's funny how some people tend to overlook these things. He, I, maybe at this point he can be used as a guy to elevate other guys, like, like, like the payoff of the feud. That's you know, what I not, thought he was doing with Sammy Guevara. Yeah, yeah, we thought so too. You know, with the whole injury and everything, and, and the way that match went, you're like, I mean, unless obviously they, they they came back to the feud for whatever reason, but uh, you know, I just, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what's going on there. I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, and, and NXT. Um, oh well, hold on, wait, we we just oh. real quick, uh, we forgot. Uh, the just in in. The final match, the, the we I do want to end it on a good note. The last match was was good. Lance Archer and John Moxley, the world championship. We did talk about that earlier, but it ended with uh, Kingston and his guys attacking um, Moxley and basically making a case for Kingston, I guess, getting. Well, yeah, I, I guess that's the next step. Oh, he froze again. Um, but uh, yeah, because I guess the Archer thing is done. So we're going to move on to that. And it's going to be Eddie Kingston and the Lucha Bros. And hopefully he comes back, but maybe he's not. And we're back. There we go. So I was going to say, yeah. So, so, so it moves on from the Archer thing. The Archer thing is done. That yeah. experiment. Like, which, which is, by, by the way, do just at some point, does Arch, Archer needs to win something? He does. Yeah. Because he had this big buildup and he tore through the tournament for the TNT title. And then he lost to Cody, which he never really came back from. No. But then he wins that battle royale to get a title shot against Moxley, which he loses. And it's like, okay, like this guy's supposed to be this big imposing monster. At some point, he's got to win something. This is kind of the problem I had with Braun Strowman, who would have all these great matches, and then when he was hot, we didn't do anything with him. And yeah. then we put the title on him finally when he was cold as ice. I was, you know, I, like don't do this with Archer. You need to, Archer needs some momentum before you actually go there with him. And like, if you're gonna go there with him, if you're not gonna go there with him, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. I was Eddie Kingston and, and the uh, Lucha Bros. So um, yeah, that's the next step. It, it, it works out, you know. I mean, I don't see Moxley losing here, but it's a transition until I don't you know, either. But I got to be honest, I'm not thrilled about this prospect. I mean, I, I 
But maybe the match will surprise us. You know, it, it's something different. It's not a WWE guy that, uh, you know, that he, he faced, faced Kingston like already. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I would much rather see a very serious feud for the title with Penta, uh, with Pentagon, than I would involving all these other guys. Because I think Pentagon is, I, I think he's one of the most criminally underused guys in professional wrestling today. So that's just my opinion. Yeah. But anyways, we can move on. Sorry. All right. The NXT had a solid show. They did. Solid. Uh, um, the, the women's match, I, I thought, probably one of the best women's matches of the year with uh, Shotzi. and. Uh, really good. Really good match Bray. between the two of them. Um, and I like the inclusion of Indy Hartwell uh, with Candice LeRae's act. Um, yeah. I think that's good. It looks like we're probably going to get a little bit of that with Austin Theory and Johnny Gargano as well. Oh, man, what a match that was. Holy that was a really good match, too. Uh, probably Austin's best match, I, I think, since we, you know, since he's been more prominently featured. Yeah, I think that was a really good match. Um, so that was interesting to see uh, those two featured in there as well. Like maybe the Gargano family is going to grow a little bit. You know what I mean? It'll be like the Heenan family. You know what I mean? It'll, it'll, yeah, yeah. It'll be the Gargano <laughs> family. See, that, that has a kind of a cool name to it. Like, that could be a good. Uh, yeah. And then like, I know they kind of kicked off with like, and it seemed more obvious that the Undisputed Era is kind of slowly. Suffering. Slowly, slowly. Uh, I, I do agree with that to a degree. But you see uh, Fish and O'Reilly getting the win to become number one contenders to the Tag Team Championships. I'd like to see them win those back. Uh, I like yeah. I like Breezango, uh, the guys and everything, but I just uh, – having them as the top team just isn't doing anything for me. Uh, I, I want it to go back to to a team we can lean on a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I could see. I mean, I like those guys. I think more for Breeze and and, uh, and Breezango, it's it's more of, um, you know, it's like hey, you've done, you guys have worked hard through all these years. You've been undervalued in many ways. <laughs> hey, you guys have worked really hard through all these years. So we're gonna put you back on NXT. Dango, you were never there in the first place. But we're gonna put you back on NXT, <laughs> and we're going to give you the tag team titles. Like, <laughs> I'm just. I mean, they, so what I do just, you do with them on SmackDown or Raw? Nothing, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Not what do. You don't do anything with them on SmackDown or Raw. I would, I would, I'm just like them being the top team isn't doing much for me. So I'd like to see the team, like another team, get the titles back. Yeah, you know, uh, which whether that be Undisputed Era or whoever it ends up being. Yeah, uh, to do it won't be. It won't be Ridge Holland. No, no, will not be. No. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I don't, I don't. I rewatched that and I, I awful. Yeah, awful. Uh, and speaking of injuries, uh, an update on Finn Balor was he's still Finn Balor, and we and we're not doing anything with the title until we know what's going on. Yeah, till we know what's going on. If he has to be stripped of yet another world title um, because of an injury in his match for a said world title, I'm going to be really disappointed. And also, is there going to be some kind of NXT curse at this point? Because uh, Cross wins it. He gets injured in his match, has to relinquish it. Balor wins it when it was vacant. And then he gets injured in his yeah. match. If he has to relinquish it, do I want to be the next NXT champion? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a good thing maybe Keith Lee got it out of there while we did. Which I, we got this email, and I don't know if you saw the photo, Sean. Um, you know what the the Finn uh, Balor jaw photos? One of the grossest things any wrestler has shown. You no, know, I haven't seen know. that. I didn't uh, see that. Yeah, he shared the uh, the uh, the broken photo and stuff, and then just I saw the X ray, but I didn't see anything else. Yeah, yeah, but just the close up of the mouth and everything. It's just ah, it sounds bad. Yeah, you know, I, I think of like years ago when like. Um, it was like Billy Graham, like had like hip replacement surgery, and like they weren't like in the operator room. This is like 1987 when like I guess he was retiring and he had to get the hip replacement. And, right. Like 
you know, I, I don't need to see procedures done or whatever else. You know, I just I remember uh, on the on the Undertaker's last ride thing, we got to see a video of his hip uh, being worked on, and that was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, I don't need that stuff. I don't think the grossest thing I've seen in wrestling. I mean, other than like you know Sid Vicious's leg, um, <laughs> <laughs> that might have been one of the grossest things I've ever seen in wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Benjamin says, I hope he doesn't get stripped of the title. I think that's why they're not saying anything. I think they're going to play this out to see. Uh, I think they're holding off on that as long as they possibly can. Yeah. Uh, because they do not want to have to do that, which which is good because I I, I don't want them to have to do that either. Um, I'm trying to think of other things of note from the show. Again, you mentioned Candice LeRae and Shotzi Blackheart. Great showing for both women. Might have been Shotzi's best singles match uh, in NXT. Yeah. Um, is, is, uh, is Shotzi, she's hosting a Halloween Havoc, right? She is. is she is. Um, she is hosting Halloween Havoc. So I'm wondering if what will end up happening, because everybody's pointing to Indy Hartwell as uh, the reason that Candice LeRae will end up winning the title from uh, EO at this point. Yeah. Um, but I'm wondering if Shotzi being the host and whatnot will come out and call BS and restart the match, or, you know, something along those lines. And that'll be able to do a feud with Shotzi and Candice LeRae, or maybe Shotzi and EO versus Candice and Indy, or, you know, something along those lines. Yeah. Um, cause I don't, I still, I, I don't know that this Halloween Havoc special is where you take the title off EO. I want that to be a big deal when EO finally loses that title because EO has been like the standard bearer for women's wrestling in WWE for a while. Yeah, uh, I mean, Tony Storm came back and wrestled. I, not, she looked good. Great. I, no, I, I, she, I, I, I thought I she looked good. I, I wasn't like completely impressed. I, I just felt like she didn't do a whole lot. I mean, just a couple of big. No, moves. she didn't. I well, they were trying to sell Aaliyah as a threat, which they've been trying to do for a while, and I just don't view her as much of a threat. Yeah. Um, but Storm still looked good. Uh, I I enjoyed the hype package they did for her prior to. Uh, and kind of that was one of the problems I had the first time she showed up on NXT. She did, they just introduced her. They were just like, and it's Tony Storm. And like, they were like, everybody should just know who Tony Storm is. And you're right to a degree with this audience, but you can't make that assumption. You need to, you need to introduce your audience to these characters before they show up so they have an idea of who they're getting, uh, gonna see. Um, so I think this was a better way to introduce her. And she got that, it was kind of a squash match win. Um, and you know, she's off to a, she's off to a solid start. Yeah, uh, Damian Priest uh, beating Loomis. So uh, was- uh, yeah, that was a, another good match. Probably Loomis's best match on the main roster or a main roster. I'm sorry, on NXT. Yeah, I say that, but I say that, but he's also he was he had that 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 strap match with uh, Roderick Strong was way better than I had any any thoughts it was going to end up being. So I don't know. L- Loomis has a couple of good ones under his belt so far in NXT. He's turned into a solid performer uh, uh, recently. And yeah, um, it surprised me a little bit. So, because at first I just kind of thought it was just a strange, you know, character, and but it, but it's definitely gotten better. It's like they tweaked it a little bit. So. Right. And then you had uh, Killian Dane and Drake Maverick losing to Imperium, which is good because I thought we were gonna, I real, I thought we were gonna sacrifice Imperium for the Dane Maverick pairing with a comedy there and whatnot. And I was I was concerned about that, but luckily Imperium still gets the win, looks good, and I'm still I'm still buying the Dane Maverick thing. It's a fun thing to watch. Ma- Maverick's ridiculous, overexcitable self about them being a tag team, despite how much Dane clearly does not want it, is really fun to watch. Uh, you know, but, but that's what they do with, the, with these teams. You know, like they kind of shoehorn some guys together. I mean, you got uh, Shayna and uh, uh, Nia Jax. And Jax, you, you know, t- together. But this one, but this one feels more organic. It was based on it, it comes from them wrestling each other and whatnot. And deciding that, you know, that Maverick deciding they're going to be a team 
<laughs> like yeah. he just just it's not just one week all of a sudden we're tagging together. It's like it started before that a little bit. Yeah, even when they kind of like stuck Natalia and uh, and, and Lana together. Lana just they were all of a sudden together. Yeah, and, and that, now that, they're all that, of a sudden not, and we're we're supposed to care, and Lana's all of a sudden the number one contender for the women's title. Which, what? Well, I mean, there's only so many times she can go through a table, Sean. No, there's not, Dave. There's there's <laughs> infinite amounts of days from now until her final day that she can go through tables. I wonder how. Who knows how long her contract is, but. Yeah, right. They'll find a way to put her through tables even when she's not there anymore. Yeah, she's going to put her through a table on, on Monday. <laughs> Nia, Nia, Jax will just, Nia Jax will just show up at her house randomly one day and put her through a table. <laughs> She'd be having dinner with the Garganos. You know what? We're just going to... Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, NXT was solid. Yeah. Uh, hey, one email not related to anything we've uh, talked about uh, tonight. Uh, okay. This is one. I don't know if you saw this, Sean. Um, Bailey... Uh, what are your thoughts on Bailey being number one in the PWI ratings? That's Timmy uh, from Parts Unknown. Parts Unknown. Tell the warrior we said hi. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, so yeah, PWI finally released the uh, women's list. I can give you the top five if you want them. The top five is all WWE. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Sasha at five, Charlotte four, Oscar three, Becky two, and then Bailey one. I, you know, I, I think looking at that, I mean, say what you all about Bailey's reign. I think we're going diff- to be different about it. But in the last like six months, I, oh, I think she's good. been solid. I think she's yeah. been. I think she's been good, but I I don't know if I point to her as the number one with the number one women's wrestler over the last five months. I feel like they have this. I don't know. It just seems like they seem like they had. <clears throat> excuse me. I inhaled something. I didn't mean to. I didn't know why that happened. Like a hair or something. Um, I'm the one with the cat. So I don't know what's yeah, going I know. On. I don't know what the hell happened. <clears throat> In any event, I think. Uh, they felt almost obligated to go with somebody from Raw or SmackDown or AEW or something like that. Because for my money, the number one women's wrestler of the year should have been Io Shirai. That would have been my pick. I think she's had a tremendously strong year. I think you also could have made, made a case for... Uh, um, uh, I think I think you could have made cases for a couple of the women from AEW, just our car. She'd had a strong year. Um, St- Bailey's not a bad pick for number one. I just don't know that it would have been my pick for number one. But but it's the same thing with like Moxley. Like the, the, it's the one she's in the bigger feud right now, obviously. But she, this this might have been settled before. Well, yeah, but they put. I was going to say they put this list together way before now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I mean, I think I think they have they have a specific grading period. Um, yeah. That they go through, and it's a couple of months prior to this. The evaluation was from October first last year till September thirtieth <clears> this year. So, yeah, and, so in the last couple of months of rain, I thought been pretty good. They've uh, been solid, yeah. You, you know, but but who else is it really? <laughs> uh, it, you have, I mean, because a lot of other wrestlers in AEW are, you know, and outside of that, Impact or you know Tessa Blanchard, who who was on the list, uh, right? Uh, aren't wrestling full time. Who, who who would have been probably a strong candidate had we not had that crappy ending for the year she had? Yeah. You know, um, yeah, and obviously Becky's pregnancy would have changed because she probably would have been, you know, I mean, to have her at number two for somebody that's only wrestled for four months of the year. Well, yeah, in in reality, I might have had her a little lower on the list if I was making this list. Um, (sighs) yeah, it's kind of of surprised because you had like Oscar third. I'm thinking, like, you know, Oscar's been great since since May, you know, yeah, I mean, I feel like Oscar's a strong pick for 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 a high spot on the list, yeah. I, mean, I definitely would have had Bailey probably top five. I'm just saying I don't know that I would have had her as my number one. I mean, but good for her. Congratulations. I'm happy she got that. 
Uh, yeah, champion that whole time. For, yeah. basically that whole time. Yeah, she's had the, the yeah, which is definitely now. a feather in your cap. I mean, for for having it for that long, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I I just again I don't know that I would have been or I that I would have chosen her. So, it it is what it is. But she she's she's doing a good job, uh, and she's making the most of the opportunity she's been given, which is all you can really ask from her. And especially for one who almost seemed like she was the overlooked one from the the four horsewomen of WWE. Yeah, I, I thought they did a good story with the the contract signing where she avoided the contract uh, signing. Um, but you know, where, where Bailey or, or Sasha was like, you know, you know, we came through together. I was the one that brought you. You know, we teamed up together. Um, you know, you think about it, they had two matches in NXT that were amazing. That, that were just both amazing. Two matches. That was it. It wasn't like uh, you know the uh, cruiserweight championship that they're already having three matches for. Yeah, but. Um, <laughs> like a month endless rematches you know so we, we it's been like four or five years since these two have fought so it's um you know i'm, I'm looking forward to the match however they do it yeah i, I am too to draw off this feud in a long way i i just yeah i'm with you on that regard um i just the one thing that really drags me down about this feud is that i still don't care about sasha the one, though, even the way she presented herself on Friday at the contract signing was still not that I have seen the error of my ways or anything like that. It was that she would have kept doing all the crappy things they were doing had Bailey not turned on her. Because she, she talked about how she would have <laughs> stayed loyal to Bailey had Bailey not turned on her, and it's like, okay, so you would have kept being a d bag to everybody. Like, why am I supposed to cheer for you? And this is the problem I have. The nuances of storytelling that NXT does that the main roster seems to just, I don't know, overlook or not know how to do, where in NXT they did a tremendous job of selling Bailey as the overlooked one from the group, the one who got left behind, the one that Sasha said was not on her level. They sold Bailey as this lovable fight from underneath underdog who was talented and had been forgotten about by so many other people and eclipsed by so many other people who was done being stepped on. It was a great story. And now we've got, they don't get along. Yeah. I, I will say Bailey's character has improved a lot going from the days of, um, you know, when she fought Alexa bliss and when he's the Kendall stick. Oh, I, I agree with you there. I mean, again, but we're talking main roster, and this goes back to the nuances yeah. of the storytelling that I don't think the main roster has. Um, I think her heel character is much better than her face character on yeah. the main roster. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. The attitude is great, and uh, it's it's uh, you know it's, it's a big 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 difference of uh, you know where she was a year ago. You know, and, yeah. you know, um, it, it's weird because remember, like, I'm surprised they haven't gone to therapy together so they could team back up again and be okay. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, so I guess if that, uh, email was the last one we got, I guess that's about it, right? Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, no, I have nothing else, Dave. Thank you for asking. <laughs> nothing else to talk about, right? I have <laughs> nothing else to talk about. Uh, you know, if obviously as we say this, if there's anybody in the comments who has a question or something like that, that would like us to answer real fast, go ahead and throw it out there. But otherwise I'm going to start wrapping this puppy up. Uh, next week is what the preview episode for, uh, the NXT show, right? Um, well, we got hell in the cell the following week uh, coming up. Oh, is it, uh, is it that soon? Yeah, yeah. So, this, so what you're telling me is this is the preview preview episode for Hell in a Cell. Yeah, let me look up the date just to make sure I, I am right with that. But the Hell in a Cell is uh, Sunday, October 25th. So, yeah, the next episode will be the Hell in a Cell preview. Okay, and when is Halloween Havoc? That is? That would probably be between uh, the 28th, the 28th. And, and Halloween. So, yeah. 
Okay, so well, it'll be the, the... so funny they're using that name because that was the name. Uh, if you want to go old school, uh, some old WCW uh, pay-per-views back in the day. So. Yeah. Um, so this will be uh, so this is really the preview preview episode for both of them. Yes. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Look at that. Double preview preview. That makes this a preview 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 episode. Yeah. All right, which means we should do four times the ratings. Uh ratings, we don't have ratings on here. Uh the four times the listeners or views or whatever they are on uh I'm doing Scott Steiner math over here. Just 67% chance of the sun's alignment in the sky, your chances dramatically go down in any event. Well, it, it, it's funny you say that because our, our Clash of Champions preview preview had more, um, I don't know, view-wise, but listens than the last five previous episodes. <laughs> I don't understand We joke every time. I don't get it. I don't get it. But but I was hey, going to call it one Field the Giraffe. So am I calling it the, the Hell in the Cell preview I'm, preview? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> Why not? Why not? In any event, hey, look, don't get off a winner, okay? If it's working, <laughs> make it work for us. Uh, until next week when we do our actual previews for those shows, uh, remember, you can find us on lots of different places, fm99.com and 1069thefox.com under the media tab. Click ESPR, takes to our recent episode. Find us on your podcasting apps. Hit subscribe, then give us a five-star rating and a review. We, we appreciate it. Just search for ESPR Wrestling. And, of course, facebook.com slash ESPR99 on the Twitter at ESPR99. And turn on your notifications so when we go live like this, you get notified. And that way you will be able to join in the conversation like we've had several of you do tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. And if you couldn't listen to us live, remember, you can always email us your thoughts, ESPR at FM99.com. Until next week, when it'll be time for Halloween Havoc Hell in a Cell. (laughs) Boy, that's going to be a lot. Uh, Until then, remember to eat, sleep, podcast, and repeat. Good night, everybody. (laughs) 